We've all heard the term clean beauty thrown around a lot in the past couple years. But can cleaner products help to grow your beauty business? This is what we are going to explore in today's episode. My guest name is Jacqueline Rodriguez, and she is a hairstylist and salon owner who was an early adopter of the clean beauty movement. So today we're going to talk about things like what to look for in clean beauty products, the importance of embodying your values as a beauty entrepreneur, and we're going to even get into the nitty gritty of the process of switching out your current products for cleaner options. So if you are a beauty pro who has been considering making shifts to incorporate more clean ingredients and sustainability into your salon business or your beauty business in general, then this is an episode that you don't want to miss. So let's get into it. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Jacqueline, thank you for joining me. I am really excited to have you on the show. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here and, you know, just I love your vibe. Thank you so much. I was really excited to learn about kind of where your space in the beauty industry is and how you are helping stylists and salon owners transform their businesses. So before we get into this conversation all about clean beauty and the future of the wellness industry and all of the things that we can leverage to grow our salon businesses, our beauty businesses, and to better serve our clients, Let's start by just tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the industry and what led you to where you are today. Yes. Well, I have been in the industry for 23 years. I do not know how it's been that long, but the numbers don't lie. (laughs) And I, I love the industry so much and I have seen it grow in so many different ways. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. So I knew that eventually I would want to have my own salon because like, that's what I just love that innovation part. Mm -hmm. And when I started my salon, I guess 13 years ago, I had a a few years prior to that, I had really switched everything in my household because I had babies and they were, you know, all around like those toxic products. And I I don't know, one day I just had like a light bulb go off and say, okay, well, let's start changing things at home. So I did like an overhaul at home, but then I was walking into my salon and there were so many things that I could actually feel my health change from home in a really clean space to the salon where we have a ton of toxins. I just started making changes in the salon and that's that's really what inspired me 
and how I got started. And then it was like, I just opened Pandora's box and I I went deep. So that's really kind of where it started. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm interested to hear like, what is, when you think of the term clean beauty, because I want to come in with the question that's likely on a lot of my listeners' minds. I've seen, you know, obviously there's been an, a massive increase in the clean beauty space over the last few years, but then there's also the conversation of like, what is truly clean beauty? And then what is just like greenwashing for marketing purposes? So can we start there? Because I think that's for a lot of us and, and myself included, like I absolutely don't know how to tell sometimes. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that and and what to actually look for when it comes to clean beauty if you want to start transitioning. Yes, yes. Okay. So first, clean beauty, it is a marketing term. Let's just be real, right? Yes. Like the clean beauty, the entire thing was all put together by marketing. Yes. Now, that also being said, there are companies who are living by clean beauty and clean beauty for me is more than just the toxic products Mm -hmm. or the clean products it's of from and how i teach my class or i mean my students is like it's a clean lifestyle it's a holistic lifestyle for me so we're looking at products and the ingredients what's in them right not the greenwashing because greenwashing I I hate that it is, but we live in this world and we know what it is. Greenwashing is really just a marketing scheme to get people to come in and think that they're doing better, but then they don't actually align their values with the products. Yeah, this is something that I actually noticed and even looking at like baby products and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I was really surprised to find out, and I'm by no means an expert in this space. It was just as a consumer, this is kind of what I was looking for. And when I was bringing some of these products home, I was looking at them and I was like, well, this says clean on the front of the bottle and then there's parabens in it. Like what? (laughs) So- it, it's really interesting. And I guess, what are some of the things that you should be looking to avoid when it comes to your products? And, and what is the benefit here, both from a like salon perspective in, in the sense like serving clients and all of the things, and then also from a personal perspective and, and within our work? Yeah, yeah. So the first thing you want to look at is take a look, ignore the front of the bottles, Mm -hmm. really just ignore them, flip them around and actually read the ingredients, right? Because that's where you're going to be able to see if it is a clean product or not. And we know parabens, sulfates, one of the sneakier ones that you really want to look for is perfume or fragrance. And I'll tell you why, because it's not that Perfume is not good for you, but perfume is a proprietary formula, meaning they can put whatever they want in it and they don't have to tell you. So that proprietary formula could have some toxins that are not allowed Mm -hmm. in there 
but they can put it in because it's their proprietary formula and they don't have to disclose what's in that. So I really try to avoid any products that have fragrance or perfume, unless it says natural perfume or natural fragrance, and then it lists out the ingredients that are actually, you know, essential oils or whatever. Right. Like if cinnamons or vanillas, like if there's actual vanilla in it, okay, that's, that is a fragrance, but it's not a synthetic and they're being transparent about it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So what is, because this is something that you teach, not just for people to switch their personal products, but like the advantages of actually embracing clean beauty within your salon business. And I know that one of the things that you talk about is that it can actually be advantageous and a way for you to scale your beauty business. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. This is my favorite part. (laughs) So I, I have had the business and I've been clean in the, in my salon for over a decade now. And it has been so transformative for my salon. And I know this will really resonate with you because you talk about values and branding and we know in, in the industry, like there's, we, there's just a way to do things. And it's not always great. And it always doesn't align with, like, it doesn't always align with your personal values. Right. So after having this salon for over a decade, I noticed that I actually, like the feedback from the clients, people were looking for me, actually looking for clean beauty salons less toxins, safer spaces where they could come in and not be overwhelmed by the smells or the, you know, worry about their allergies or if they're allergic to a certain product or there's like so many different things that we can go through. But consumers right now, consumers are more educated than ever. And because they're educated, they are actually seeing what's happening And they're looking for clean beauty. I think it's like 50% of women right now are actually consciously and they're consciously looking for clean beauty makeup products and they'll spend more money. Interesting. So when it comes to say the marketing of your salon and your branding, is, is this something that you lead with? For sure. And that's what I've, I've led the entire, my entire salon. Like we lead with that. We are branded to it. I align all of my values right. to everything in my salon. So for me, it's not just toxins that is clean beauty, it's sustainability as well. So where can I leave a cleaner carbon footprint and not use plastics or recycle or we even compost in the salon. Like there's so many different nuances, but it's because I have taken what my values are and made sure that they are represented in this. And this is a really important takeaway, regardless of the values that you have in your salon, because it's not about just posting up a mission statement on your wall. It's not about just talking about your values in your business, it's about really embodying them and and then showing rather than telling how you live up to this. Because 
like you said, I talk about branding. I talk about values a lot. And moving forward, your values and your business are going to be even more important. 82% of consumers are consciously looking to spend their money with companies whose values align with their own. So Mm -hmm. it's really, really important to think about that when you are like, whether it is clean beauty or, or like I said, sustainability, whatever your personal values in your salon is, you need to really think about how am I walking the talk here? Yeah. And and it it is. And no matter what your values are, like if, you know, we, I I like more of like a spa boutique feel. Mm -hmm. That's my personal value. Like that's my personal way that I care for my clients. If that doesn't resonate with you, like it doesn't matter. Like, what is it to you? And that's the same with the clean beauty is when there's so many different aspects, doesn't mean you have to go in and overhaul everything over and right. Taking a look and like you said, 82% for you, there's 50%. And this number is only going to continue to rise where consumers are going to start demanding that we're doing something more for our you know, for the earth, for ourselves and, you know, for the clients, because if they can't find a place to not have to worry about the toxins or that like, if recycling is really important to them, I've had so many clients, like one of our clients is a sustainable, like that's, that's her job. And she found us specifically because of our marketing and the values that we have and that we were showcasing that this is important to us, she drives an hour to see us. Wow. Because you have, you've set yourselves apart so much. And that is such an important takeaway. So yes. when it comes to finding, I, I imagine, and this is something that I talk about too, like your brand values and, and your brand are going to guide a lot of the decisions you make, including the brands that you choose to partner with and the brands that you choose to carry inside of your salon. So what did the process of figuring out the brands that you were going to carry, what did that look like from a professional perspective? Because I know that a lot of the time as stylists, we kind of get really married to our product lines, right? (laughs) I'm not saying it's always a bad thing, but if you are looking to, if you're someone who's listening and you're like, you know what? yeah, this is resonating with me. I would love to start incorporating more clean beauty options at my salon, or I would love to switch into cleaner hair care, hair color, any of those types of things. Can you talk a little bit about what that process was like in actually finding effective, but also clean products to use behind the chair? Yes. That process was, oh, it was brutal to begin with. Because when I started this, there were not that many options. Like I literally, there there was like three options, period. Or not even, I don't think, right? So my entire way of going through that process was first doing the research, looking at not only what is the product and like the look of the product, but like start dive deep, like diving deep into their websites what is it about that product line or whatever? Like what values do you resonate with? And they'll have it. If you get a weird feeling on their website, 
you know, beware because that's the whole greenwashing thing. Like really look further than just a box or a website. I would go onto their social media. I would also call and talk to the people. And so the process was a little more in depth because I wasn't just going to just jump in with a product line without knowing if they really aligned with what I wanted. So how was the process of finding a color line? And feel free to shout out any specifics that you have. Uh, if there are brands that you recommend, if there's anything that you want to share as far as things that have worked for you. But I'm, I'm specifically really curious about color because I have a lot of colorists that listen. And I think that's one of the things that tends to be trickier, especially because, I mean, we all know that a certain amount of like there, there is a chemical reaction that needs to happen. So can we dive into color a little bit and how, how, or if that's something that you can really switch over to a cleaner option? Yes. So color, any color line that says they are hundred percent clean and no toxins, like run away. Because this that's just not possible. It's really not. And unfortunately, where we're at right now in our industry, you can't get 100% clean. But what right. we can do is have better options. Right. You know, we can just add a little bit more, you know, take out the ammonias and take out like the bigger ones, like formaldehyde, you know, if you're talking like straighteners, but colors just looking for better options where it's not so blatantly just chemical filled, right? I went, before I started, I was a Redken, you know, I grew up with using Redken. I loved Redken. And I had switched from regular Redken. I can't even think of the name now, (laughs) but I used the regular Redken colors. And then I had switched over to chromatics, I think it was. Mm-hmm. where they took out the ammonia. It was a better choice. It's not 100% because we really don't have those options. Right. But then from chromatics, I switched over. I personally use Away products, like their color line. I love it. I'm not affiliated with them. You know, I've used it where, like I've used it for a long time, like eight or nine years now. And I love the results now. In the, this product line, like the color itself, there's no ammonia, but they add things in like cotton protein that helps restructure the hair when you're coloring. They add in lipid butters and hibiscus flour and add in more of a natural product to it that supports and it's not all synthetic. So yes, there's still chemical reaction. Like we have to have that. But it is a better option. Right. And so was there a learning curve when you switched over? I'm curious. For a stylist who's listening, is it something that they should expect where there's going to be a little bit of relearning or is the process basically the same? The process is basically same. Just like if you switched from Wella to Redken, there's a learning process because, you know, 
a, a five, you know, whatever their line is, it might be a little bit warmer or more neutral or cooler. You have to learn that, but right. it's literally the same. So basically that's a simple switch that you could make. Do you offer things like perms or, you know, smoothing treatments, any of those kind of things? Is there anything that you just don't offer in your salon because of either environmental impact or clean beauty reasons? Is there anything that's just totally off the table for you? Yeah, I have made the personal choice again because it aligns with my values. We don't do perms. We do not do any straightening treatments. I had at one point a keratin that was a a better option and I still just personally could not be okay with having that type of chemical around myself. So I made a personal choice to just not offer those in my salon. Okay. Interesting. So my next question is about team. Mm-hmm. So is your salon commission-based is or is it in a team of independence? It is commission. Okay. So when it came to hiring stylists who, you know, aligned, what did that process look like? Because I think sometimes for a lot of my listeners are independents, but a lot of my listeners also do have teams, whether big or small. So, or on the flip side, maybe it's a commission stylist, right? And this is their value. So what does it look like to, to build community around a shared value as a commission salon owner? And what would you, what advice would you give to a stylist looking for a salon home or a salon owner with a team? Yes. So this is such an important thing, regardless of clean beauty. It is, again, it goes back to your values like really researching, go into the salon, see how you feel, seeing what their values are and do they align. So if you're a independent stylist looking for a salon, go into the salon, look to see how do you feel? How are you treated? How, you know, I, I would visit quite a few times. And then if you're a salon owner and this is important to you and you're wanting to make a switch, Being very clear on your vision, your why, like, why do you want to do this? What would the benefits be to your stylist? Right. And being a leader. So instead of leading with fear or, you know, saying like, this just has to be it. And, you know, we all know we've been around those leaders before, right? (laughs) And just looking at building out a plan with them asking them for their input, showing them the benefits as to like the health benefits first off, right? Because this is such a huge health benefit, switching over to clean for you, but for them as well. Right. And then lining up the education and whatever company you end up going with, there should be education. And they should also support you in that journey in showing your stylist how this can be beneficial for them, how to switch everything over. And when you come with compassion and love to your team and showing them the benefits and why this is important to you, because it's aligned with your, you're going to have a lot of people who just are excited about it. And you might have people upset and that's, you know, that also gets to be a little either harsh truth for you. Like, do they really fit in or Is this something that they just need extra support around? 
did you experience any any kickback when you made the shift? I know it was a long time ago, but did was there any unexpected maybe harder things that came up during the process of switching? It, be it your team, be it your clients? So with my clients, because they, they had no idea, because I didn't start off with this. So I was switching everything at home and kind of being hush-hush about it because it wasn't really popular. So people kind of thought I was a little crazy. So then I just started, again, being really real with my clients of like why this was important to me and why I was switching over. I lost some clients and that was really okay because I lost clients who just did not see the value in what I was doing. Right. And it helped me open up space for clients that were 100% aligned with everything that I was doing and that would not only pay, but they valued what I was doing. So they spread the message and everything. So with the clients, it's just, just like with your staff, walking them through the process, showing them like the benefits and be okay with if you lose some clients because you're opening up space for the clients who are going to like just trip over themselves to get into your salon because they've been looking for you this whole time. This is such a, that's so indicative of a lot of the things I talk about too in regards to branding because when you get really passionate about something, when you get really clear, when you get really direct, there will be people it doesn't resonate with. And that's okay. In fact, like you said, it's a good thing because it's opening up that space. And this is something that we talk about inside my my program a lot, actually, is communicating your values and, and being okay if it turns some people off because nobody can appeal to everyone. It's just impossible. And it's a waste of your time to try. (laughs) So if you're passionate about something, you might as well go all in on it. And it really does make a difference because the people that come to you will start to all of a sudden be really aligned and really perfect for you. And it makes your job not only more enjoyable, but it can actually increase your profits as well. So This has been such a valuable conversation. I'm curious if my listeners are thinking about where they could maybe start. You mentioned before we hit record the trifecta that you like to talk about, and I would love to dive into that a little bit. Yes. So my trifecta, the way that I bring people through this process is I really start with, I'm a certified neuro coach and an energy healer. So these pieces are so important because aligning, like if this is something that you want to do, but then there's been like that, well, everybody else is doing this. I think it's too hard. How am I going to get started? It's a belief system that we've been indoctrinated into of how beauty businesses run. And I, I really love the neuro part of it because we really break down the belief systems that are holding you back from anything, right? Anything that's in your way. And then aligning that with your energy of um, who you are and what you want to attract. And then going through the process of actually setting up the systems and looking at where do you want, you know, what kind of products do you want? What is most valuable to you? Sustainability, fair trade, or clean beauty. There are so many different pieces, but 
really aligning the trifecta of your mind, your soul, and then everything around you, the systems around you. Thank you for sharing. So where can my listeners go to find out more about you and connect with you after this podcast? I would love to connect with you on Instagram at the Clean Beauty Biz Coach and DM me, send me messages there. I love chatting with people. And I also am going to have a free resource for you where you will be able to like, it's a clean beauty quiz where you can kind of go through and see like where you're at. And it also gives you some ideas as to like what possibilities there are as well. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jacqueline. This has been really eye-opening for me and I appreciate you coming and sharing your perspective and starting the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.